Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. It is Monday, December 12th, 2022. Let's talk about Terrence Crawford's return to the sport after a layoff against David Avenesian in Nebraska. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, let me just say, um, to the people who look at fights and who are trying to get an edge on the casino, uh, this is one of those special fights that you really want to bottle. You really want to download the tape, get the tape, save the tape, watch and re-watch really the whole thing. It's a short fight, right? It's six rounds. But this is really how it's done. You know, I'm here online often and uh, I talk about fighters I admire. I talk about the very best fighters in the sport, right? Uh, Tyson Fury is one of the very best in the sport, in my opinion, right? Canelo, and I know I criticize some fighters here online, right? Understand the criticism is actually a sign of admiration. Canelo, to me, is one of the very best fighters in the sport. I have a lot of admiration for Errol Spence, right? I thought he was on his game against Ugas, a fighter I view as underrated. But let me just say, of all the fighters out there, and it's really remarkable to me, the best in the sport pound for pound is clearly Terrence Crawford. Let's get past the poker persona the guy has. Right? Crawford comes across as a guy who's just happy to win, and uh, when he sits down with interviewers, you don't see a lot of bravado. He's just talking in a conversational tone, right? Um, understand, Crawford, this is his 10th stoppage in a row. Stoppage. Right? Crawford really is one of the sport's premier closers. Understand the guys he's been closing. They include Cal Brook, Amir Khan. Mean Machine, Sean Porter, right now David Avenesian. This is a guy going through elite talent and not just winning the fight. Folks, he's not relying on the judges at all. Right now, let me just say, this fight is a special, rare situation. Now, this comes on a weekend where you had a very promising heavyweight, right? Jared Anderson, I mentioned in your name here in a Terrence Crawford video, right? Who openly admits that in the first round, first round of his fight, right? Where he throws 114 punches and he's a heavyweight. He got hit with a shot by his opponent, Jerry Forrest, and he lost it. Right? Lost it. 
started opening up against Jerry Forrest. First round. Now understand, across the street, where the Masters are, you have Terrence Crawford. Completely different mindset. Right? This is the Steph Curry mindset. Where the guy looks much friendlier than he is. On the field, on the court, in the ring. You have Terrence Crawford fighting in front of his state, right? Crawford is very proud of being from Nebraska, right? There are more than 14,000 people there. Regis Progre was one of them. He said the scene was fire, right? I saw, I believe I saw Shakur Stevenson at one point uh, in Crawford's corner, right? So boxers travel to Nebraska for this. Crawford has been off. Crawford is fighting a knockout puncher who's on his own streak of knockouts. David Avenesian. Avenesian has pledged to crash the pocket. Avenesian, in interviews, is talking about how he's not only going to knock out Crawford in Crawford's backyard, but then he wants Errol Spence. Now understand, with all of this, with all of the pressure of people saying, hey, you backed out of the Errol Spence negotiations, are you afraid of Errol Spence? Hey, you're fighting at home. Are you going to show us your core, your home audience? As Dr. Dre would say, the people who were down with you from day one, are you going to show us you're the man here in the opening rounds of this fight? With all this hype, with all this pressure, Terrence Crawford, a closer, right? Think Foreman. Think Liston. Think Nigel Benn, right? This is a guy who you're expecting a knockout from. Crawford comes out on his back foot. Crawford comes out behind a jab. It's Avenesia in Nebraska who is chasing Terrence Crawford. It's Avenesian who's the aggressor. Right? Crawford, simply put, is just focused on winning a fight. Right? His ego is tucked away. He even gets hit with a hard shot from Avenesian toward the end of the first round, which Crawford wins on his back foot, by the way. Right? Crawford, the closer, understands the value of a back foot. Right? Crawford, the technician, I believe, understands that Avenesian deep in the pocket is a major threat. You don't want to fight Avenesian's fight. You have to think this out. If you have a back foot, if you have a jab, Use the whole ring. Force the guy to come find you. Right? Crawford has an extremely high EQ, extremely high confidence level. Right? This is like Steph Curry pulling up 
three feet behind the three-point line. Right, Crawford is there with one thing in mind. And it's not to get a knockout. It's to win the fight. Right, if he has to be on his back foot, he's going to be on his back foot. Now let me pivot here to one of my favorite athletes in history, Wilt Chamberlain. Right, Chamberlain's great. Um, I'm old enough where I remember Wilt Chamberlain in the early 1970s, and he was not loved, right? I remember when black people always questioned Wilt Chamberlain, right? Black people among many people understand Chamberlain was controversial because Chamberlain, of course, endorsed Richard Nixon in a presidential election, right? Well, understand Chamberlain from the free throw line, when he shot the ball underhanded, when he shot the ball Rick Barry style, was much more successful than when he shot the ball like a jumper or normal style, how people shoot free throws. But Chamberlain, who really did view himself as Goliath, right? This was the big man with swag. Chamberlain didn't want to look weak at the free throw line. Shooting the shot underhanded wasn't the way to go for him. It was too off-brand. It was too technical. So Chamberlain preferred to shoot overhand from the free throw line, even though he only hit about 50% of his free throws. Now, you need to understand who Terrence Crawford is. Right? Crawford, unbeaten as I make this video champion in multiple weight classes, he's trying to get Errol Spence's scalp so he can be undisputed in two different weight classes. Understand he's right when he says people in the sport didn't even care about undisputed. Until I became undisputed at 140, then it became a thing. Right? Floyd Mayweather, for example, never undisputed. Didn't care. Right? I'm telling you, Larry Holmes didn't care. You knew Larry Holmes was the heavyweight champ. Riddick Bowe threw a belt in the garbage. Right? Crawford is on his own standard. Well, understand, Crawford, whatever the image, wherever he is, it could be in front of his base, his core. Crawford would shoot underhanded free throws. Right? That's the mindset. I'm just giving you my opinion on the guy. Because Crawford wants to win. Crawford is just going about winning. The reason he has this closer record is because in trying to win, Crawford's dominance comes through. So we get the first couple of rounds, and Crawford is hit hard at least twice in those first couple of rounds. Doesn't throw him off his game. It's not like he's hit, and then he's going to go Jared Anderson in the pocket to prove a point to the crowd or to his opponent. No, this is the other side of the street. Crawford gets hit at least twice real hard by Avanesian. Crawford's still on his back foot. Crawford is still shooting a jab, right? Could you imagine Sonny Liston in a big fight being on his back foot 
conceding the idea that he can't allow the other guy deep in the pocket. Let me just say this. Might be controversial to some people. Avenesian's style is very similar to Errol Spencer's style. Brett Crawford is calling out Errol Spence even more now because, folks, the cobwebs are gone. The ring rust is gone. Crawford has been in a live fight now. Within the last 8, 9, 10, 11 months, right? Crawford has just beaten, really, an Errol Spence clone. Avenesian is best in your face, square against you, his shoulders pinning you. He's on his front foot. He's throwing a lot of power shots deep in the pocket. <clears throat> Folks, that's Errol Spence. Now, if you, like so many, are of the mindset that Spence is bigger than Crawford, right? Because as Usyk's finding out, if you come up from 140 or 135, let's look at Crawford's full history. If you come up from lower weights, there's a group out there <clears throat> that's always going to view you as the smaller man, right? Tyson Fury right now is going around calling Usyk a midget and all this other stuff, right? Um, even though Usyk's physically bigger than Sonny Liston, right? There are many people who view Crawford as smaller than Errol Spence. Now, if you're of the mindset that Errol Spence beats Crawford, and I don't mean to diminish Spence, understand how elite Spence is. He was the 2009 national champion, right? Spence has been an elite for a very long time. You're talking about a great amateur pedigree. You're talking about a guy who's unbeaten right now. Right at 147, Spence has more belts than Terence Crawford. Right? If you are of the mindset that Spence has a reasonable chance against Terence Crawford, I advise you to look at rounds four and five of this fight. Folks, it's terrifying. Right? Just flat out, it's terrifying. Understand, we just saw a tall guy, Tyson Fury, against a front-foot-heavy opponent, Derek Chisora, start to riddle Chisora's body in a way that you couldn't imagine. Joseph Parker, who got knocked down by Chisora in the first round of their first fight, or Usyk who had a tougher fight against Derek Chisora than he did in either fight against Anthony Joshua. You simply could not imagine Parker or Usyk somehow finding a way to go to Chisora's body. Right? Chisora's just too aggressive. To get low, you're going to put yourself in harm's way. Chisora's throwing power shots. Right? You have to wade through the power shots to get to the guy's body. 
Folks, in the Terrence Crawford fight, in the fourth and fifth rounds, Crawford starts throwing uppercuts and hooks to Avenician's body. Crawford switches from being outside. He starts to fight right-handed. Right? Crawford's actually a southpaw. He switches from throwing a jab outside, keeping a pocket from forming. Crawford's moving. He switches from that guy to someone else, a southpaw, who's throwing uppercuts, who is getting to Avenesian's body. Right, folks, the concept of beating Avenesian off body shots is ridiculous. You understand that if Avenesian lands one of his big shots, you're going to be, I believe it would be a seventh consecutive knockout victim. You're dealing with a heavy-handed guy who's leaning into his punches. How could you possibly get to his body? And the way Crawford does so is by figuring out the angles. Hey, Crawford, this is a few rounds into the fight. Crawford's now seen this guy for a few minutes. Right? Crawford has figured out the angles. Crawford's figured out the angles. He realizes in certain places in the pocket, Avenesian can't hurt him. Right? Crawford is such a daredevil in the fourth and fifth rounds that he's not even holding his hands up here. Crawford can have his hands a little bit lower down. He's figured out Avenesian's hot zones and his cold zones. But more importantly, Crawford has figured out the sequencing, right? He understands if Avenesian throws something up here and Crawford dodges it or blocks it, he understands that Avenesian doesn't have that hand down here by his ribcage to protect himself. So what you get in the fourth and fifth rounds is a sustained beating of Avenesian's body. And Crawford is so good. It looks like he's just doing it in the flow of the fight. Right? Uppercuts, hooks. I'm sure Avenesian was surprised. Right? The fighter he's fighting in the first two rounds is on his back foot, is moving away from him isn't allowing a pocket to set up. You get to the fourth round and Crawford embraces the pocket because he's figured out the fight flow. And Crawford then starts punishing Avenesian's body. Punishing it. Right? You're seeing hooks to the body and you're feeling them yourself. Right? You're thinking to yourself, man, I, I wouldn't want to get hit in the body like that. But understand, Crawford doesn't lose his balance. This isn't the guy who's loading up on shots and is all in. No, this is a guy like Tyson Fury. This is why these guys are really brothers from different mothers. This is why these guys are the elites in the sport. Right? Let me add a few other guys with heavy hands 
who can keep it balanced. Benavides, you never really see Benavides overextend himself, but yet he's a major puncher. Right, here's Crawford in the flow of the fight against a knockout puncher. And Crawford is just even keel, throwing a left hook repeatedly to Avenesian's body. Understand, Crawford's actually a lefty who switches it up in the ring. Crawford's throwing his dominant hand. You notice Crawford is mixing it in with uppercuts. You notice that Crawford, without himself taking a lot of punishment from a guy who's heavy-handed, you notice that Crawford is withering the guy's body attack, right? Ask Sam Langford, the Boston Tar Baby. That was his nickname. Great fighter. Ask Sam Langford used to say, kill the body and the head will follow. Crawford in rounds four and five takes away Avenesian's body. Then in round six, he throws an uppercut with his dominant hand, his left hand, and then comes back with the right hook, and that's the end of the fight. Understand why Avenesian gets caught. <clears throat> it's because Avenesian, by round six, has been so worked over to the body that when Crawford throws the uppercut, Avenesian's first reflex is to prepare for the body attack. And that leaves him open for Crawford's right hook. Right, folks? The Crawford of rounds four and five would wither Errol Spence. This is before Errol Spence's latest car crash. Let's hope Spence is okay. Right? Just understand. I believe PBC was watching this fight. You want to always figure out who you're up against. You want to know your competition. I don't think a Crawford-Spence fight is going to happen. Because I believe the tape of this fight is too terrifying. Right? Crawford is surgical. Don't go by Crawford's facial expressions. Right? Crawford is a guy who's the opposite of Will Chamberlain, right? Chamberlain walked in the room. They're both great athletes, right? Chamberlain might be the GOAT in basketball, quite frankly. But Chamberlain walked in a room and he filled the room. If Crawford walks in a room and he fills the room, Crawford's going to try to dumb down his persona, right? Crawford's nickname is Bud, Right? That's who Crawford is. He doesn't want to be Jordan. He doesn't want to be Wilt. Right? Crawford wants to sit down at the bar, have a good inner core of friends, order a beer, and be one of the guys. Right? That persona enters the ring. Right? Crawford, you know, again, he's on his back foot in the first two rounds. Crawford never looks that excited. Even as... What he's doing is high risk, right? He's trading with Avenesian, for crying out loud. He's going to the body against a guy who, if Avenesian just had a different assortment of punches and could surprise Crawford with a punch from a different angle, 
might be able to land flush on Crawford. Right? Crawford wants to be one of the guys. Just understand who the real Crawford is. This is the 10th knockout victim in a row. Number 10. Right? Understand, Sean Porter went the distance with Errol Spence. He was not so lucky against Terrence Crawford. Just understand, Kel Brook, in the early rounds, had some success against Errol Spence. Let's just say the Crawford fight against Kel Brook was a shorter, more one-sided affair, where Crawford, at different times, is righty, then he's lefty. Crawford targets Brook's eye. It's surgical, right? This Terrence Crawford is one of the sport's premier closers, and he closed out David Avenesian. Understand, too, if you've been worked over to the body like Avenesian was, then the guy drops you. Now, Avenesian's hurt. I'm not saying he could have gotten up. But let's just say if you're conscious on the canvas, you're thinking, my goodness, this dude, this dude's working me over. My body is gone. This guy hits harder than he looks. If I get off this canvas, is it even going to make a difference? Right? Let me just say, too. I understand that Spence, and let me give Spence his credit, his due, has a back foot game, and it's well-developed. Right? The back foot that Errol Spence shows in the Mikey Garcia fight is something he keeps under wraps, but he has an excellent back foot. I don't mean to diminish him, but understand, Spence himself doesn't have confidence in his own back foot. That's why you never see it. Just like it might shock people, right? Deontay Wilder has a pretty good jab and knows how to use length. You don't see it that much because Deontay Wilder would rather knock you out. Just look at the first Bermain's Tavern fight to see Wilder pumping a jab and moving away. Right? I'm not saying Wilder is gifted in terms of the movement, but I'm just saying it's there. Right, You didn't see it in any of the fights against Tyson Fury because fighters go with their A-game. Right, I need for people to understand Crawford. Right, Crawford has several A-games. That's the point. Right? Crawford is a guy who has figured out righty and lefty. I'm one of those people who doesn't believe the critics who say, oh, gee, why would a fighter fight with his offhand? Right? Because he needs that option. Just like switch hitters in baseball. Right? The secret to Mickey Mantle is that unlike Mays and Aaron, Mantle was a switch hitter. Right? He's devoting part of his time to learning the other side of the plate. This is while being an alcoholic. Right? It's like basketball. 
you look at some guys and then you realize you know Oscar Robertson really couldn't dribble that well with his left hand you have athletes who can shoot with their left hands right Kareem had the sky hook working with both hands it's a different level right Crawford comes in Crawford has full confidence in himself as a righty, right, as he does as a lefty, right? Crawford was in against a faster fighter. This is one of the, the must-watch Crawford fights. Yorkies Gamboa, faster-handed. Understand, Crawford, like Tyson Fury, doesn't have the fastest hands. This isn't the blessed athlete. This is the craftsman. This is skill, not just blunt talent, right? If Crawford were in the track and field, he wouldn't be in the 100 meters. He would be running the mile, right? So just to understand, Crawford has complete faith in himself as a righty. Against Yorkies Gamboa, Gamboa hurts Crawford. Gamboa comes in, and then Crawford starts throwing an uppercut. Right? Crawford has the full toolkit of punches. In this fight, he takes away Avenesian's body in such a way that I don't know how Errol Spence, who fights like Avenesian, who's going to want to crash the pocket, who's going to want to throw a high percentage of power shots, who has a long upper body, I don't know how Errol Spence would beat Crawford. I'm just talking one gambler to another. I think Crawford would take away Errol Spence's body. I think Crawford would figure out the angles. I think Crawford today knows the angles in which Spence can't hurt him deep in the pocket. Right? So, let me just say, this is a great fight. What I want people to do is to just look at how clinical... Terrence Crawford is, contrast Crawford in rounds four and five, because that's really when he sets up the knockout in round six, right? The illusion is the knockout in round six is a one-punch knockout. It's not. This is a multi-round knockout. Even the sequence that leads to the knockout isn't one punch. Crawford throws a left uppercut, then comes back with the right hook. Right, folks, Crawford is a different fighter in rounds four and five. In the post-fight interview, the scariest thing Crawford said, and it was in answer to a question. Someone said, hey, was there any ring rust? And Crawford said, yes, there was. You're thinking, what? This guy thinks this was ring rust? This guy who just stopped Avenesian? in the first half of the fight, thinks this is ring rust? Let's just say two. I have the utmost respect for Jamel Charlo. For years here, I've been saying that Jamel Charlo's better than his brother, Jamal Charlo. Right? Understand, Jamal is the unbeaten guy. I'm rolling with Jamel. Right? Understand how good Crawford is. This is almost a um, Henry Armstrong situation. I think that if Crawford wanted, Crawford could jump to 154. 
And I believe he beats Jamel Charlo because I believe Crawford's the kind of guy who knows he can follow Charlo after the ambush. And he wouldn't be as obvious as Brian Castano. Right? Crawford might even try to lure Charlo, who's an excellent body puncher, by the way, into the pocket. Right? I think Crawford doesn't want to do that because he knows in his mid-30s, once you gain the weight to 154, it's hard to drop back to 147. And all he has to do to be undisputed in two different weight classes is to beat Spence at 147. Right? A fight that, in my opinion, likely ends with Crawford by stoppage. So let's see what happens. Understand, uh, I believe Jamel Charlo is also PBC. Right? So Crawford might be shut out. But I need for folks to understand who Crawford is. Right? I know Eddie Hearn, and I have the utmost respect for Eddie Hearn. I like his work. I, I just disagree with Eddie here. I know Eddie Hearn has said, hey, Crawford doesn't fight enough. Folks, this is a haggler figure. This is the measuring stick. Whether Crawford fights more than once a year or not, there are a lot of guys who want to prove themselves. Right? And Crawford is the elephant in the room. Right? Just like at heavyweight. I believe Tyson Fury could throw his belts in the garbage. Right? You and I understand at heavyweight, he looms so big over the division that, number one, there'll always be a group that understands that Tyson Fury's unbeaten. Even the draw is questionable. Right? How did the judges come up with a draw for that first Deontay Wilder fight? And you understand that guys looking for history, like Usyk, this is really the best part of Usyk. Usyk's not content with the belts he has. He's come back for legacy. He wants to fight the best. Tyson Fury is a measuring stick at heavyweight. He's going to get big fights. Well, Terrence Crawford, in a world with Virgil Ortiz, and I think Ortiz might be the toughest opponent for Crawford out there. I think Ortiz is a tougher opponent for Crawford than Errol Spence, right? In a world where Virgil Ortiz wants to prove himself, where Jaron Ennis wants to prove himself, Ennis gave a great pre-fight interview where he said, hey, I'm ranked higher than Avenesia. How come they didn't call me? In other words, Ennis would drop what he's doing to go fight Terrence Crawford. If you're in a basketball game with Ennis, <laughs> he would say, hey, fellas, I'm out. I'm gone. If he got the call to fight Terrence Crawford. Right? Crawford is obviously first ballot Hall of Famer, but more importantly, he's bigger than that. He's a measuring stick. If he fought once a year, the game would still come to him. Right? Maybe outside of Black Prime, there isn't heavyweight money at Welter and Super Welter. That's true. Right? The heavyweights really do get paid on a different level. 
right? But just understand, even there, and I understand Crawford got $5 million up front, so he's fully paid, right? The Spence people have to ask themselves what they're doing, offering so far below market that Crawford could actually get paid more as a guarantee than he could to fight Avenesian, than he could to fight Errol Spence. Right? But just understand, the young fighters want to fight Crawford, not because they think they can win, but because they need to know. Right? We saw this before. Right? Jerry Quarry wanted to fight Ali. Right? Ali was out of the ring. We all understood that Joe Fraser wanted to fight Ali. Foreman wanted to fight Ali, right? Because Ali was the measuring stick after his run as heavyweight champion in the 1960s. Right? You don't, Jared Anderson, after his fight, mentioned how he had sparred with Tyson Fury. Right? Just to understand, you don't think these young guys want to find out if they can hang with an older Hall of Famer, even if Crawford's in his mid-30s. <laughs> I mean, even if Crawford's not 30 or 29 or 28. These guys need to know. Folks are going to come knocking on Crawford's door because all of us somewhat sense that he is the measuring stick at 147. Right? So I hope. Spence, who fortunately was in an SUV, not a small sports car, right? Not an Alfa Romeo or a Mazda Miata, where he could have gotten really badly hurt. Let's hope Spence wakes up and understands that a fight against Crawford is really about more than money. It's a fight for the fans, to let them know who's the best, right? I saw an interview once with Felix Trinidad where, you know, they were talking about his fight with Oscar De La Hoya and Trinidad just said, look, you know, the people needed to know who was better. So I took that fight and on that night it was Felix Trinidad. Right, you see Trinidad now decades later. Now, I'm not sure if he actually won the fight, but the judges gave it to him. And you respect the fact that Trinidad fought De La Hoya. Right? You respect the fact, even a critic like me who believes De La Hoya is up in that fight, even a critic like me looks at Trinidad with respect. Right? He went in, he fought De La Hoya, he gave it what he had. In a great fight. Right? Let's hope Errol Spence sees the world that way. If I'm Spence and I have a great deal with PBC and they're offering me a guarantee, I would level the field. I would say, you know what? Let's take half of my guarantee. Let's give that to Terrence Crawford. So we both have the same guarantee. We both have the same stake in the pay-per-view revenue. Right? If the fight's a blockbuster at the box office we both get the same cut and let's have at it 
right? Understand, only Spence can give Crawford a chance at Undisputed at 147. And only Crawford can give Spence the same chance and the opportunity to say, I was the best in this weight class when I fought, right? I understand young guys are going to say, hey, what about us, right? And it's to say, hey, what about us? How could he be the best when he's shutting me out, right? Understand they're always going to be up-and-coming young guys with a lot of game, right? At some point, a fighter has to define his era and has to say, hey, I fought the guys of my generation, right? Ennis Ortiz are a little bit younger. I agree, they're being shut out, right? The world's thinking Spence and Crawford, that's given. Spence and Crawford, the opportunity to not have to deal with the power jab of Virgil Ortiz, the ambidexterity, the movement, the brilliance, the punch selection of Jaron Ennis, right? Well, let's just say... This fight's one of the seminal fights of 147 of our time, right? In the comment section of this video, tell us why you believe, if you do, that Spence could survive a Crawford body attack like what we saw here in the fourth and fifth rounds, right? Tell us how Spence could find a way to avoid being Crawford's 11th consecutive knockout victim. Give us that part of the story in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.